From Potomac Fund Management, this is the Conquer Risk Podcast featuring Eric Clark. Welcome to the Conquer Risk Podcast. My name is Manish Kata, and today I'm pumped. We have a very special guest, but before I intro this guest, I want to say a couple things. Uh, As a business owner, uh, you have uh, mentors in this business, people you look up to because of the way they conduct themselves, the way they do business, quote unquote, because business is a contact sport. You're going to get punched and you got to punch people. I'm a big believer that you can't be docile. You have to be a animal controlled. And growing up in this business, you know, you have to look to those people that kind of lay that path. Um, And today our guest, at least for me, has been that person. And I've never actually told him this, Um, but, you know, just the way the business has evolved over the last 10 or 15 years. Um, you know, the, those special people come up that, that you put on a pedestal because of the things you appreciate about them. Uh, and with that being said, I want to introduce the guest today, Eric Clark, CEO of Orion. And I also have Christopher Norton, uh, CMO at Potomac. Eric, how are you doing, sir? Well, I'm doing just great. And I, I'll tell you, we have done uh, business together for a very long time. You were one of our first five customers at Orion. And, you know, beyond that, we have developed an incredible friendship. So the feeling is mutual. I have learned an enormous amount from you over the years. And I can't thank you enough for the feedback that you've given not only our business, but me personally, because it's allowed me to become uh, better as an individual and as uh, a leader and <clears throat> i uh i absolutely cherish the partnership and the friendship that that we have so thanks for having me on your podcast i'm excited to to spend some some time together talking about all the awesome things that that you guys are doing and that certainly some of the things that we've learned over the years uh doing business together yeah, I'm almost embarrassed about the people that have known me back then, you know, like, um, and so, you know, when, I don't when I think talk- I knew, I don't think I knew that you were, uh, that you were company five that, that well, joined first five. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Wow. That's correct. That's I didn't correct. know that. I, I wanted to, to crash this party because Manish and I were talking about this earlier, Eric, you're why Manish and I know each other. We met at an advisory board meeting. Oh, I don't want to say years, 12 years ago. It's been a minute. (laughs) Um, And we stayed in touch. We did some work together over the years. And then it was about three years ago now that that we had this opportunity that we have today. But all that started because you introduced us. Well, you know, Christopher, we have had so much fun working together and doing business and you know to see the two of you working together is incredibly exciting you guys continue to do great and creative and innovative things for advisors in the marketplace and i am thrilled that the two of you uh, have a partnership and are working together the the omaha roots uh, seem to run deep run if you stick around long enough um but uh we can go on and on about where where everyone has ended up but um let, let me lay the land about you know 
we kind of talked about the, the long-term relationship. And, you know, I remember starting in this business and we had DB cams at the time, for those of you who have been around long enough. And, and there was nothing wrong with it. It was just, it was great for its time, I think, uh, but it, it didn't evolve. And I remember at the time there was no choice, right? There was Advent for, I don't know, a million dollars and your firstborn kid. Uh, and then there's this little company in Omaha that came up that it kept hearing about. Um, and the attractiveness at the time it was that it was run by an RIA. When I mean by that, it, you know, it came out of an RIA and was born out of that. So they understood, you know, what it meant. Anyone can make a tech company. We all know that. We see that. They get funded. They run with it. But do they understand the business part of it? Uh, and, and that was what kind of attracted us to Orion at the time. Um, and yeah, you know, we, we took a sh they took a chance on us just as much as we took a chance on them because it was 2006 and seven, and you know, it, this all was new in terms of you know using the cloud and, and, and having someone else do the recon. That was that was nerve wracking, right? You get your reconciliation files and you have that control factor, and now that's gone. So, you know, that that's how at, at least this uh, this situation started. And Eric, quickly touch on really. You know, when I say it was born out of an RIA, for, for people who don't know the history on, on how you even got to where you are right now. Yeah, so, you know, just a high level sketch. You know, my father was running an RIA business. After I finished going to grad school, uh, I worked for the RIA business. Um, we had some operational challenges scaling our business. And, you know, part of that was, uh, you know, uh, some of, uh, the processes that we were trying to implement as a fiduciary advisor, you know, we, we were not doing business uh, on a, a commission basis at all. And, you know, in the mid to late nineties, we didn't have a lot of choices for technologies to support the way that we were doing business. And, you know, I had voiced concerns that I had, you know, at that time about the, the technology that we were using and was asked to come up with a solution. We looked at a lot of, uh, you know, available off-the-shelf off solutions at that time. We couldn't find what we were looking for. So, you know, we uh, decided that, hey, we needed to build this to support the growth of our own RIA business. And, uh, you know, recognizing that there would be other advisors out there with a similar type of a problem. I put the uh, business plan together to, to create the company that today is Orion. We, we actually split apart from the RIA business in December of 1999. And then we spent the next several years building out the technology uh, to offer uh, through the web. And it was a scary value proposition initially in the early 2000s to take that idea of outsourcing uh, you know, the reconciliation, putting the information, you know, uh, online, making that available through the internet uh, for the advisors and the customers was something at that time that just wasn't uh, widely accepted or adopted. But obviously, over time, uh, you know, things have changed and, and almost everything we do today is done, you know, through the web. And, you know, our business, uh, took off as, as a result of some of those early adopters like yourselves that, that took a big, big chance on us and said, hey, let's give this a try and and see see what we can do together. Well, I, I do want to interesting concept. Let's let's do a Let's go back in time for a second, because I when we started with you, we had advisor desktop. 
right? And people, not probably there's 30 people who even remember what that is, right? <laughs> um, you were our first CRM, believe it or not. There's probably 15 people who remember that you even had a CRM. Uh, you also were our first proposal system for those who remember eProfile. Um, you guys had, had, had done the work behind that for us. And then there was kind of this decision that Orion made where rather than being in a most in one or all in one, we're going to go best of breed where it's like, look, you want a good proposal system? You know, we can't answer all your questions and program. We can't make a proposal system for everyone. Uh, go, go get a risk allies, go get a hidden levers. Um, and, and you started taking that approach. Um, and I, it worked at the time. And you know, you, you followed our work. I've been a hater of integrations for a lot of reasons over the years because I, fi I figured that you can't, it, it, it works up until you pay your third bill and then you figure out that it stops working. And so uh, you guys have now, in my opinion, and you can feel free to correct me or push back, are, are going back to the uh, most in one solution that I thought you had started with years ago. Um, do you agree that that has changed? You know, when did that happen? Why did it happen? And, and you know, where are we today? And what's your, what's in your head? Well, you're right. I mean, we did make a choice uh, to, uh, you know, focus in on being best of breed portfolio accounting, right? Because, you know, we had to focus resources uh, at that time on what we thought we could be best at, what we thought we could differentiate our value proposition in the marketplace to to meet the demands and needs that that our advisors uh, were asking us for. You know, as an entrepreneur, you you try a lot of different things, and you you take feedback from the marketplace, and and I think you know the quicker you can change course and pivot direction and and implement based on the feedback that you get. Then, then the better your odds are of, of success. And we took that feedback. We stayed uh, tried and true to the portfolio accounting space for a number of years. And we started using the technologies like APIs and you know even batch file transfers in some cases and doing single sign-on and doing all of those things that the industry was promoting. We embraced those things to, to integrate the heck out of our technology with a lot of other providers. We uh, hosted hackathons, you know, to help encourage our develop developers to get to know developers at the other technology companies that our advisors were doing business with. We did, I think, anything and everything to make integrations be very successful. And you know what, here we are years later uh, with all the technology, all the investment, all the capability and you survey advisors and still top of mind for them when it comes time to frustrating things about the technology that they use, number one is always integration. And so we began to take a step back and say, okay, what can we actually do uh, to solve this problem? You know, we, we want to uh, offer advisors a solution, uh, you know, in the situation where they want their CRM, their portfolio accounting, their financial planning, their proposal systems all working together. Yet at the same time, one of the underlying themes that makes our industry so successful and so unique is that these advisors that we serve are independent, meaning they have just left uh, a captive environment where they were provided technology that was not open. It couldn't, uh, you couldn't access the data or the information. 
in a way that they wanted. They couldn't tap in and leverage technologies that were a, a best fit with their value proposition and, and making their business offering unique to the clients that they serve. And so for us at our core, uh, the core DNA level of our Orion business needs to match that of our independent advisors. So we, as a most in one solution today, as we've acquired best of breed technologies across these different areas to solve that integration problem, we fundamentally continue to remain open architecture. The advisors contractually own the data so they can have that data uh, real time. We make that accessible to them so that they can use it in whatever other systems they choose to you know, accentuate what makes them unique in the marketplace. So all that's a very uh, long-winded answer to say, yes, this business has evolved over time. It continues to evolve. I think it's one of the most exciting things that we're uh, engaged in right now as an industry is actually trying to throw capital and resources behind solving that number one concern that advisors have around integration. And so I, I agree, first of all, I think, I mean, I, I, we've been on record that all in one is the way to go. Um, I think advisors are very critical of technology and 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 I'm one of them, but the problem is, you know, a tech company can't serve 100% of everyone's needs. It's impossible. And I think some of the early mistakes, if I'm going to be critical about Orion, is you guys were too nice to people and would say yes. And so if someone came to you and said, hey, I needed this custom thing or that custom thing, uh, you guys were willing to do it. And years later, you probably had, you know, 500 custom widgets that were created for certain people. Um, and I think what we embraced, and it took us a while to figure this out, but what we embraced is... Until if you can't use 80% of it, if you can't use the most in one, you still have that ability to API data out and use the engine of Orion, which is the bread and butter, right? Like you said, that was what you were built on. And then take that data and do what you want with it. You know, make whatever overlay you want, put it in, you know, we're putting it into our own CRM now, that kind of stuff. And obviously the Redshift, um, it's Redshift or what is it called? Red. Um, yes. Uh, yeah, yep. the, the, the Amazon server. Uh, you know, now you're also promoting that. You know, to to do that. So I think it, it's interesting where where we've come because you are going back to a most in one. Um, by the way, why are you saying most instead of all? What's missing? Because I, I that was I, I saw that in the press release. I said most in yeah. one. I was like, I got to ask him yeah. where what uh, what why not all? It, it it depends on the advisor. Depends on their niche. Depends on what makes them unique. And we need to be and are in position to be highly supportive of engaging those integrations that will allow them to be successful. You know, sometimes, uh, depending on the firm, it could be a very specific estate planning module, some type of a life transition model. It could be a trading module. Uh, it, when and wherever they need that data, we want to make it available to them. So at the same time that we're acquiring a lot of businesses, you know, to create a suite of technology to offer our independent advisors, we are also making the core data from the portfolio accounting system available in real time, directly sharing that with advisors through AWS's uh, Redshift platform. And that Redshift platform uh, I'm going to be a little bit of a nerd here and talk about what that what that is and how it helps. But if you think about uh, historically, the, the databases would combine both the data layer and the compute resources or think of CPUs, um, you know, say 
Whereas the Redshift platform allows us to, to literally work off of and share the same data layer with our advisors, but through our unique AWS accounts, we can each have our own compute resources that we apply towards that data layer, apply towards querying the data and enrich the data with additional third-party sources. So we think it's you know a whole uh, next step forward a whole uh, evolution, so to speak, with regard to, you know, integrating uh, not only with the advisors that we serve, but the third-party integration partners. And we're incredibly excited about, you know, the firms that have embraced that and what they're doing with it. It's it's a game changer um, for our ability to truly integrate and share data uh, back with the advisor in real time. You know, as soon as they make uh, an edit or an update or information changes in the Orion system, that data is immediately within a second available to our advisors out in the Redshift platform. Uh, I, you know, I think it's you, Eric. I think this is, I don't think you guys are screaming this loud enough because yeah, I think I, it gets, I think it gets lost in the shuffle because it's probably confusing to most people. And it was to me when we first started, but we built a connector app that goes to uh, AWS DynamoDB. Now we'll look into Redshift now that it's available, but essentially same thing on a fifth, it's a, I think a five minute sync, basically you update anything goes right into the database and then you can put that wherever you want. And so now what we're doing is any FinTech partners we work with, uh, we're setting up those APIs to go into that database and then you control your data and it's all real time and you can work with it. Um, for larger firms with Orion, when I saw that news come out, I think that's I think that's huge. That's, I think that's a, a big way forward because you can't satisfy 100% of people's needs. It's impossible, right? I mean, you, there's some comes a point where they just that's have to take correct. the data and, and run with it. And maybe maybe it's the marketer in me that wants to jump on that, but that that you're taking the time and the resources and the capital to build this most in one, while at the same time just owning that we're never going to be all things to all people. So we are going to set you up for success to do whatever you need to for your business. Here it is. I, I we're on the we're we're on the receiving end of that, and it's fantastic. Yeah. Yep. That you you hit the nail on the head. Christopher, that's that's exactly, you know, gets at the core of who our advisors are. They're independent fiduciaries. They need to have the data. We curate and set it up for them so that they can use it however they need to to be successful in serving their clients. Awesome. So you guys have made it on industry gossip a couple times. Um, and uh, and it's I feel like I'm redundant because I feel like all these moves are underrated. But the problem to me is how they're going to meld together, not just corporate yeah. culture wise, but also code and have having done now multiple deals. Uh, is it harder than you initially think when you start signing the paperwork in terms of getting that together? Like, what have you learned in terms of trying to combine these these uh, uh, these different corporations? And do you see that as a problem um, uh, going forward? Not a problem, but a, a roadblock to overcome in terms of how fast you can get this done. And let me let me just interject and add to that before you answer. Did those hackathons you sponsor all those years ago set you up for success for this? Oh, absolutely, right? I mean, fundamentally, the the relationship that we have with those those founders of those different businesses set us up to be able to, you know, step back, strategically look at the landscape of what advisors need to put the puzzle pieces together, so to speak. 
to have a successful tech stack and then go about saying, okay, how can we acquire the pieces of the puzzle that we need that we feel are best of breed and put those together in a meaningful way that will drive, you know, essentially two outcomes for our advisors. One, uh, a great client experience and two, operational efficiencies. So, you know, we stay laser focused on accomplishing those two objectives, but strategically we're trying to connect you know, that that prospecting process that advisors do typically, which is started the records on the tech side typically start in the CRM or very close to the CRM, connect those prospects to, you know, best in class planning experience or planning workflows, connecting those to best in class investment strategies, and then ultimately tracking the achievement of those goals. So we, we break that down and, you know, and we refer to that as a prospect plan, invest, achieve uh, framework uh, or advisor client journey. And, you know, for us, we're laser focused on creating that integrated experience across that, that advisor client journey framework. And, you know, having those relationships that were created at those hackathons allowed us to understand what was available, understand what was important to the advisors that we serve, and begin to see how we could truly bring these things together. What's amazing, you know, I've, I've just spent the past uh, couple of days here in Phoenix meeting with the, the team at Redtail. We've been integration partners for over a decade now, but being able to be part of the same company, we're going to be able to take those capabilities, uh, you know, a whole nother uh, couple of steps forward in a very meaningful way that will drive efficiencies for the advisors, help drive a better client experience. And to us, we, we hope we can start making a dent in that, you know, uh, frustrating experience that advisors have at trying to integrate their, their technology and, and get it to talk to each other so that they can, you know, simply free up more time to, to spend doing meaningful activities and serving their clients. Can we go back to the culture question for a second? Because I know that you've known most of these companies for a long time, but yep. is it is it easier than it seems? Are you just going to put a slide in the Orion building in Omaha to level it out with, with the Sacramento Redtail office? Or do you end up with little microcultures? Like how does that how does that work when you're when you've gotten to this size? Yeah, for, for us. We, we are trying to bring our teams together, be part of, you know, taking the best aspects of these businesses forward. So instead of uh, operating in silos, I, I feel that for us to execute on our strategy of providing an integrated experience for the advisors and clients that we serve, we actually have to integrate first and foremost, our business, our culture, our teams, um, and bring the best of what each of these companies has been so successful uh, at curating forward. So that means that when we uh, acquire a business or when we merge with the business, we don't just simply say, well, this is the way that we do it. And from the top down force, you know, that, that methodology uh, on that company, but rather we like to step back, look at what they're doing, what's made them successful how can we adopt those those best practices, if you will, implement those in the business and move forward? You know, and it and it does mean that you know uh, what we think we're going to do. Sometimes we have to pivot and change, and 
along the way, the best feedback that we get as far as how we can make meaningful, uh, you know, a meaningful difference to our advisors is just to simply ask them, you know, hey, how, how would you like to see us integrate this technology? What part of working with this business has been frustrating? What can we do to better serve you? And, you know, we get some incredible feedback along the way that really helps guide and direct that, that, uh, that roadmap of sorts uh, as we bring the companies and the businesses together. We have brought some incredible, uh, incredible uh, capabilities, incredible uh, leaders together. And it's been really, really fun to, you know, have those companies come together and learn from each other. Got it. OPS or FTJ, I want to talk about this real quick because I yeah. remember meeting you in Arizona uh, at I think uh, Wealthstack it was where we talked. And in, in my mind, I didn't tell you this. I don't tell you. For some reason, I feel like I, I don't tell you things I would say to someone else because I'm sort of afraid. Um, but in the back of my mind, I'm like, you know, you're pissing in my Cheerios by buying FTJ. Like you're, you're buying a TAMP and I'm a TAMP. But then I talked to you and I kind of got the feeling, and this is what I appreciate, was the fact that it's like, look, you know, OAT has always been the firm that supports tech, period, of, of many different kind of firms. And that hasn't changed. It hasn't changed since the purchase. Um, and, and so my question really is, you know, what was the thought process of buying a TAMP while meanwhile supporting other TAMPs? Because on the surface, and I was honest with you about this, on the surface, it, it, it kind of felt like you had a screwdriver to our stomach. Yeah, yeah, and and I appreciate that. You know, the FTJ business was a business that we long admired from the perspective of being open architecture. So, you know, we were getting a lot of RFPs and continue to get a lot where uh, large enterprise level firms are asking for us to respond uh, to a series of technology needs that they have. Beyond those technology needs, a lot of them were also asking for an embedded manager lineup. You know, give us a list of SMAs and UMAs that you can support. And so for us, you know, to be able to adequately respond to those enterprise opportunities and essentially win those business opportunities, we needed that, that, uh, that manager lineup that model marketplace to be able to be tightly integrated and, and working with our technology so that we could include that in our offering. You know, since that time, you've seen uh, the custodians, you know, promote their manager uh, mar model marketplaces. And the model marketplace business has somewhat become, uh, you know, proliferated, if you will, across a whole variety of different platforms. So, you know, we were maybe uh, a little bit uh, early to that game in our acquisition of FTJ, but that has been an incredible opportunity for us to take uh, the capabilities that advisors have that are doing business with us and help get those out across potentially a new and different distribution channel than the one that they've historically had access to. You know, FTJ had a lot of selling agreements in place that were and continue to be incredibly important to, to us in being able to take our capabilities out to a broader group of advisors. I mean, I think it's great in hindsight. I'm just first reaction was first reaction, but in hindsight, it's, 
you know, rising tide, right? If you if you if you nail that, some of that technology and things you learn on that side start bleeding back to everyone else with communities yep. and the different ways that now other people can access models, which wasn't an option before. And so I, I think, you know, all of I you want your tech company to grow. You want your tech company to acquire. You want your tech company to have enough money to put back into it, right? That the, the, the landscape is littered with firms that were competitors of Orion that didn't get to a certain scale, and you just can't invest back in the company, and you end up having the same reports that you had, you know, ten or fifteen years ago. Um, and so, what what's next? And I'm going to just ask you: is a is a custodian acquisition of some sort, or at least a custodian startup? Uh, an option. I mean, you had Constellation Trust. I'm not sure how much is being put into that or if that's still a, a driver. Do you see that as something that you may want to explore? You know, the, the custody uh, partners that we do business with and that our advisors do business with, not only is that a, an incredibly uh, large scale business, but they also have uh, trusted brands. You know, our independent fiduciary advisors more often than not, leverage those trusted brands with the clients that they serve. So, you know, when an independent advisor uh, breaks away, goes out on their own, a lot of times they, they they're able to leverage that uh, brand capital that the Schwabs and the Fidelities of the world have when they're sitting across the table from the client asking them to invest their retirement savings, invest their inheritance, uh, and place that uh, you know that capital at a firm that they then also are familiar with from a brand perspective is is incredibly important. And you know, for us, you, you know, it's it's not in our strategic plans or uh, interest to to start a custody business. I just don't see us having the resources or the scale to uh, to be able to accommodate that. You know, the independent advisors that we work with. They have uh, client assets at a variety of different custodians, and we want them to be able to remain flexible and nimble and win business, you know, wherever they can and wherever their their clients uh, feel best about placing those those assets. You know, you get a feel for the size and scale of those businesses when you hear about Fidelity, you know, hiring 10,000 people this year, uh, <laughs> you know, it's just an incredibly large scale play. Uh, you know, the, they've, they've recently reduced uh, the hurdles or the friction point of trading fees in their business models. I mean, I think uh, these custodians are doing a great job and we're going to see with the continued evolution of technology that, the, the ease of doing business with them, uh, you know, become better and better here in the very near future. So I'm optimistic about our custody integration partners that we have and continuing to build on those those trusted brands and those trusted relationships. Got it. Makes I think sense. I just heard that Orion needs to start a national advertising campaign to introduce the brand to the wider public and build that level of trust. <laughs> I don't know why I heard that, but that's what that was my takeaway. And you also want the CRM to be called Orion Tail. I do. I really want the CRM. <laughs> send, to be. send Eric. The I will send you the logo the that I made. We I love really the want brand. Orion Tail to exist. <laughs> All right, as we. Let's uh, as we wrap it up. I know Christopher, you had thrown in the Wayne Gretzky question, but I think we, you know we kind of addressed that, right? I think we did. I think okay. We did. 
Well, look, Eric, like I said at the beginning, um, you know, I, I consider you sort of, uh, I, I, I like to call it the boss of, of, of this industry and, and bosses make bosses, boss moves. And some of that is, you know, I know you come across as a very quiet person, but I know uh, deep down underneath you're an absolute animal and you continue to push Orion forward with all the acquisitions and the growth. Uh, we're happy to be partners. We're happy um, you spent the time here with us today. Um, and, you know, we look forward to continuing to obviously uh, work together in the future. Well, thank you, Manish. Thank you, Christopher. I, you know, can't thank you both enough for all the great things that, that you've done and continue to do for, for our business. I'm humbled by the opportunity that this industry has given me. I love the independent advisors that, that we serve. You know, we're helping uh, the right side of Wall Street win. And there's nothing more exciting than, than knowing that, you know, we're enabling part of, of that, that winning formula to help uh, investors achieve long-term success. So, so thank you so much. It's been a super fun uh, uh, podcast here. Uh, and, and I appreciate the opportunity to spend some time with, with both of you. Thank you. Thank with you. that being said, uh, please like and subscribe. And we look forward to talking to you soon. Thank you. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon for investment decisions. Clients of Potomac Fund Management may maintain positions in the securities discussed in this podcast.